We just come from such different sets of circumstance. I'm up all night in the studios and you're up early on your ranch. You'll be brushing out a broodmare's tail while the sun is ascending and I'll just be getting home with my real to real. There's no comprehending just how close to the bone and the skin and the eyes and the lips you can get and still feel so still feel related like stations in some relay you're not a, a hit and run driver no no racing away you just picked up a hitcher prisoner around the white lines on the freeway live and local and we're playing Joni Mitchell by request for our beautiful friend Albert here's Coyote I hope you're hearing it we are and the carbon ribbon rides are spilling it out so clear either he's gonna have to stand and fight or take off out of here I tried to run away myself to run away Here in this Eskimo, in this hitcher, in this prisoner of the fine white lines, of the white lines on the free, free way. 
Well, many of you recognize the wonderful Joni Mitchell. That was uh, a song dedicated, chosen by Shanna, dedicated to her dad. From all of us, wishing Albert Smith, sending love, wishing him well, a good coyote trip to him. This is Arts Life and Local Carol's Yes, we missed the first few minutes. If you've been listening for the last couple of days, you know we are having a few technical issues, but we are here for all of us. This is Community Radio, and we're going to go on with the show. My first guest is here. There's so much happening. One of the big ones this weekend, one of many, I must say, is Astoria Art Walk. And that, uh, obviously, in Astoria, uh, Coast Weekend's got a great run on all of the galleries. Uh, But we are featuring our friend, local photographer extraordinaire, Roger Dorband. Hi, Roger. Hiya. <laughs> Good to be here. So, you have a show called Out Perfect, No Place Like Home. That's right. Even when things go a little awry, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, before we get to this show, tell us a little bit about your background, because um, I can't remember when I, I first met you, whether I met you through one of your books, one of your, um, uh, you and Ursula Le Guin did a couple of books together, didn't you? Yes, we did, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or somewhere else. So give yeah. us a little. Oh, boy. On your photographic background. Not, photographic you don't background, have to, okay. You don't yeah. have to just tell us when you started yeah, talking and well, walking. But. It's been a pretty <laughs> circuitous uh, journey okay. uh, in photography as well. I think I. <laughs> I started getting serious about photography in 1980, which was around the time that I was uh, living in the neighborhood of Blue Sky Gallery in Portland. And oh. I started walking by the <laughs> gallery on the corner of 23rd and, and Lovejoy and peering in the window and uh-huh. going, uh, wow, I didn't know a photograph could be that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So it gave me ideas. And then I, <clears throat> I made a trip to Europe that same year and I carried a camera and I began doing more serious photography than I'd ever done before. Were you doing any kind of art? Before that, oh yes, I oh. I, uh, I actually had gone to Portland State and studied with Frederick Littman and, and became a sculptor. Ah. And I did uh, I did sculpture for a good ten years. Okay, uh, and exhibited and so forth and so on. Um, so, but yeah. you got inspired by the images. Yeah, th- yes, and uh, I don't know. I, I just took the photography, and uh, the timing was right <clears throat> in terms of. Uh, the energies I had available to spend on art and so forth. So, um, so that was the beginning, and then since then I've I've done a number of projects. I was fortunate enough to meet and uh, be befriended by Ursula Le Guin, and she invited me to do a a book on uh, Blue on Thurman Street, which is a street she right. lives lived yeah. on, 
Right. And so that was my first really serious project, and that that be that took a while because uh, she was working on other things, and I was working on other things as well. But uh, we finally got it out, and I believe it was '92. And uh, oh, okay. yeah, and then uh, after that, uh, I did a book on my own called "On the Rogue River." Right. That was my sister's idea, which I poo-pooed at first. I said, "Oh no, I would never do a book on the Rogue River." <laughs> Six months later, I had the I thought I should do a book on the Rogue River. What Gee, a wonderful idea! It was idea. all my idea too. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I spent uh, about ten years working on that project because I hiked and and uh, rafted the entire Rogue River numerous times, and and uh, you know spent a long time putting it together, and also establishing my own publishing company after realizing ah. with the first book that the artists don't make much. Yeah, uh, you so, figured that out. Yeah, Good I figured that you. one out, yeah. <laughs> uh, in Ursula's case, it didn't matter because she was so prolific and so much in demand. But mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. for me, uh, it was a different story. And uh, so I established my own uh, publishing business, and, and that took some time. And so anyway, then that book came out and uh, did various projects, a lot of times related to travel. Uh, I've done a body of work in Paris and... Another body of work in India where, where I, uh, I traveled for oh, some time. I haven't seen and, that. Uh, and then Ursula and I discovered we both really loved the uh, eastern Oregon country around Steens Mountain. And we started going out there with our spouses and spending time together. And after a number of years, her, her poems were piling up and my <laughs> photographs were piling up. And we looked at each other and said, hey, time Let to do a book. Yeah, there. so we, we did that in the book out here. And when yeah. was that again? That came out in, gosh, I'm trying to recall. I think it was around 2014, I believe. Okay. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, as far as book projects go, I had another uh, project after that. It was a private commission from a billionaire, a Seattle billionaire who How owns convenient. a ranch. Convenient. That's good. Yes, who owns a ranch <laughs> on the Rogue River uh. that used to be owned by Ginger Rogers. Mm-hmm. And uh, they wanted a book on their ranch. And so... Uh, I spent a couple of years driving down there and spending a week at a time photographing. And so, so photography is lots of things, as you discovered. Um, you know, a lot of us started out with the brownie. Or I had the Kodak. I have lots of slides at home, of yeah. square slides. Oh, I do too. <laughs> so was there a particular <clears throat> subject matter? You've just mentioned the Rogue River and the farm. Well... Um, you know, did you cons- ever get into portraiture or any of that kind? Of- uh, I, you know, I did a few you know, weddings, and uh, I didn't get into portraiture. I, I was not a, I never considered myself a studio photographer. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I say in the uh, information that's provided by the gallery, I consider myself a photographer of place. And place. So that really has to do more with choosing the subject and exploring that subject, and my personal. Uh, way of operating. I, I like to create a lot of diversity within a, within a subject, so to really see the whole range of what that subject is. Uh, that's contrary to what's popular in photography these days, which are narrow, kind of tight bodies of work built around a specific idea. So I'm a little bit of an outlier in that regard. So uh, conveniently, the name of the show is No Place Like Home. There you go. <laughs> what are we going to see? Well, uh, <clears throat> it's basically a series of photographs that I've done mainly in the last four years that uh, I have tried to capture places and 
moments that I consider iconic to this region, things that define define our area, while avoiding the cliches of the Megler Bridge and the uh, the, the uh, column and things like that, looking more at the things that people often drive right by without noticing and trying to uh, demonstrate that there's beauty all around us if we just take the time, put down our telephones, <laughs> and, and uh, look around us. Get, give us uh, a for instance. Uh, how do you mean? Uh, describe, because the one of the ones I saw was the houses with the river behind. Yeah. So. Well, I was out for a photographic walk, and mm-hmm. you know, and uh, when I came to that point, you know, looking down at those houses with the field in the foreground and the four or five ships in the background, I just thought, well, this is, there's so much of Astoria here, the kind of uh, architecture and, you know, the hill mm-hmm. and the ships in the distance, and, the, and it, which is just so much a part of this place that uh, it, was a, it was a natural. Yeah. And, and give me something that's very different from that. Talking a very different diversity. experience. Well, well, and that's one of the photographs you're showing. Yeah. Uh, you know, we should tell people where this is. This is all happening at River Sea Gallery. I mentioned Astoria Art Walk, and Roger Dorband is my guest, and he will be showing at River Sea on commercial. And uh, openings these days, <laughs> Art Walk is 12 to 8, but... Will you be there part of that time? Or? I'll be there probably from 4 until 8. Okay. Uh, and people can actually get into the gallery by noon mm-hmm. if they want to avoid the crowds. Right. I and, like uh, that. You get to see the work. Yeah, you Then spend you want time. to come back and have a <clears throat> glass of wine or yeah, meet the artist. Sure. That's perfect. Yeah. So, so one of the other photographs that's quite different from well. One that I went out with a very specific intent on was I had heard that there was a a uh, gray whale that had washed ashore uh, down near the Peter Iredale. Mm. And so I went out mm-hmm. there and uh, spent a couple of hours out there, and I shot a number of photographs of the whale, one of which is in the, in the show. And then down the beach a couple hundred yards where the wreck of the Peter Iredale was, was, was what I've come to know... In, uh, come to find out is a fellow known as the Bubble Man, who was creating these big oh, yes. soap bubbles. I've seen him in town. I guess he's a known figure. It's wonderful. And, uh, Magical. He had, he had an apprentice with him, mm-hmm. another guy. Nice. There, the two of them were blowing bubbles. And so I went down there, and I took a whole bunch of photographs there, and one of them became a kind of a, a crowd pleaser. Uh, shows a little boy who's actually looking right at me uh, oh. through that bubble. Wow. And uh, I called it past, present, future because he's Love the future. Yeah. The past is the Peter Iredale, and the present was the moment that w- that was going on there. So Lovely. yeah. Lovely. What size are your photographs? Uh, the majority are uh, about eighteen by twelve and a half inches. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's about the max on my printer. So. Now, have you had? Um, because I think didn't you have a fire? At some point. Yes, I did. I uh, when uh, uh, that was the building that uh, Mitch Mitchell owned mm-hmm. on the corner of Tenth and and Commercial, and there was mm-hmm. a fire there, and um, I had a studio uh, both in downstairs and upstairs in that building. I, and I lost a significant amount of stuff mm-hmm. 
fortunately, I was able to save a lot of negatives, and which I've had to clean up and deal with. But uh, yeah, that was a blow, and uh, fortunately, it wasn't as uh, devastating as it might have been. I was able to salvage some stuff. And you were able to get back up again. Keep yeah, going. yeah. Have you had um, other solo shows recently, though? Recently, uh, not solo shows. The last couple mm-hmm. I've had were at Lightbox Gallery. Mm-hmm. I showed uh, work on Paris that I've done, and uh, and then also a series of Rogue River photographs, but uh, no other solo shows. Well, I've been in other group shows. Exciting, but... though. So congratulations. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing the show uh, yeah. very much. I've always enjoyed your work, so this is great. Roger Dorband, No Place Like Home, and the show is home at River Sea Gallery in Astoria. So anything else you want to tell us? Well, yeah, there is. And this is a a kudos to you. I just hope your listeners appreciate how important Carol is to this community. (laughs) She is a great community activist. Uh, She does so much here at the station. And here she is bringing beauty to you all in a time when the world is very troubled and we really need that <laughs> and she uh is able to bring herself here every every week and and make this uh, give you this opportunity thank you thank you very so much Raj. whatever whatever the these fem- are hard times it's whatever true. the uh, female equivalent of a mensch is you, ah! you are you are she uh, we we <laughs> We use mensch, too. Thank yeah, okay. you. I'll take it. I'll, I need it right now, too. You bet. You bet. So, um, yeah, uh, that's great. I appreciate You're it. You're welcome. And I look forward to the show. Okay. Thanks. And um, speaking of, uh, Roger just mentioned um, the light box. I just, they are part of Art Walk these days. And uh, this caught my only seen one image, but reading about Eleanor Gorman's work um, sounds very powerful. The story of her survival after contracting a staph MRSA bacterial infection in the spring of 2020, nearly guaranteed to die. She is alive and well and shared her story uh, is sharing her story at Lightbox. Again, all this is tomorrow. This is a one day only, folks, between 12 and 8. However, the shows stay up even after um, Art Walk. So if you live locally, not a problem. You can come by. Um, Luminary Arts is uh, coming back to the fold, and they will be uh, showing work at the... Um, 1296 Duane, Diane Jackson, and Charlotte Brune. Made in Astoria as a new gallery in town, and uh, Jana Fabiona and Lindsay Bones, whom many of us have known since she was a child, uh, showing their work. River Sea is Roger's work. Also at River Sea is Tabor Porter, who has a new collection of detailed multi-layered wearable treasures with precious metals and gems. And um, I wanted to mention, because I just got a chance to see them, that AVA and Recology are uh, featuring the core, that's the Coastal Oregon Arts Residency, but 
not at the AVA. It's showing at 1332 Commercial, which is right next door to Anita's, just west of 14th Street. Artists Dustin Nord working in metal and Olivia Joyce in everything else from the dump. And it is a fabulous show. So don't miss it. And uh, Story Artloft is featuring... (laughs) This one's for me, High Fiber Diet, titled, What's What's Your Eight? I'm not sure that may be the name. It may also be a typo, but these are all kinds of things. So, folks, um, it is hard times, and uh, I my dedication for the show, in addition to our send-off for our beloved Albert, is also... Our absolute demand and need for peace and a stopping of the murdering and killing the atrocious acts um, in Israel and Palestine, specifically Israel and Gaza. Think peace, save lives.
my brother No, no, no matter, no matter what color of your religion You're still my brother Everybody wants to live together I can't live together Hear me now Everybody wants to live together I can't live together Listening to David Rosa. Here's the thing, folks. As a community, we need to open our hearts big enough to hold all the complicated emotions we may be feeling, big enough for our grief, heartbreak, rage, despair, uncertainty, confusion, fear so we can be present to all of it and help each other to stay present to each other and to the work that we must do. We can't lose sight of a vision for the future where all people, Palestinians and Israelis, are able to live in freedom, equality, and safety. The events of the last days emphasize that there is no such thing as safety for some unless there is safety for everyone. So, here at KMUN, my joy is to bring artists together and to share with our community because I'm an f- absolute believer that art saves lives and art heals. And with me right now in the studio, I have Kristen Schock, whom you all know is the director, if you've ever listened to the show before, that is, is the director of the uh, Classic Community College Royal Nebuchadnezzar Art Gallery. She is also an instructor in painting, drawing, and design. Did I get that right? Plus art history, most recently. (laughs) Oh, congratulations. Congratulations to us in the community (laughs) that we have that. And uh, Dan McClure is here. Uh, Also, you're still at Pacific Northwest College of Art. Yeah. I mean, at Classic Community College. (laughs) Don't see. I'm so glad you did that. Because it's because I worked for eight years at PNCA. Well, so and that's still why rolls off my tongue. That's why you're here. But the fun, the thing is, I thought for a minute, gee, did Dan retire from Clatsop? No, <laughs> Dan is the head librarian at Clatsop Community College Library, and uh, I had invited Kristen here to talk about the new exhibit at the Royal Nebraska Gallery, and said, if there's anyone else who knows stuff, bring them on. And she brought Dan. So, Kristen, why don't you start by telling us what's happening, when, and who, and then, Dan, feel free to jump in at any point, or then you can go back and talk about, do people say PINCA? PNCA. PNCA. 
I kind of like Pinka. Pinka is cute. <laughs> so I like Pinka. My cat's name it, is Pumpkin, so could you could be Pinka. Pinka. Okay, <laughs> Kristen, take it away. Well, we were really excited about our renewed articulation agreement with PNCA, and I thought it would be fun to celebrate that by bringing in a show of uh, artists from PNCA. So I reached out, and I was connected to Hannah Bakken, and she helped coordinate the show. And we have uh, 30 artists and over 30 works of art that are displayed representing students, alumni, uh, faculty, staff. And uh, we really wanted to, to have this show help us Get the word out about our articulation agreement. Okay, what in heaven's name is an (laughs) articulation blah, blah? Well, I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) (laughs) Because uh, we want to really get the word out. So students coming to us and earning their uh, degree, associate's degree in art through our program, they have the opportunity to apply to PNCA. And if accepted, they'll automatically get $5,000 plus. Whoa. uh, Minimum nice. merit scholarship of $22,000 renewable for the next year. So that really helps offset Hello. The, the price of That's tuition fabulous. there. Yeah. So, Did, you know, PNCA is it's like highly prestigious, yes. considered to be like the top <laughs> four-year art school okay, in the so Northwest. That's why we don't want to call it Pinka. Huh? <laughs> that, that just doesn't sound right. Hey, Dan. Well, qu- a quick question, though. You said we renewed. We so actually had it before. Have, we oh. did, but, you know, things kind of fell through the cracks with the pandemic. But yeah. we were really excited to uh, create this articula- articulation agreement. It was, uh, like, right before the pandemic, we had this big ceremony. Oh, no. And then no. the pandemic hit. Right. So we weren't really able to, right. you know, make that anything happen with Well, students. it sounds fabulous, a terrific opportunity. Now, the students um, do need to then apply. They do need to apply and, and be if accepted. if they're accepted. Then. That's right. But what a wonderful opportunity. Terrific. Absolutely. Okay, now, because our show has been a bit truncated with being off the air at the beginning, um, I would like Dan to tell us, since you work there and answer to <laughs> PNCA, what is it? <laughs> Um, Kristen oh, already told us. So uh, PNCA grew out of um, the Portland Art Museum and started as the education wing of the Portland Art Museum and uh, had uh, degrees in art and design from way back. And so the, the school itself is over 100 years old. Oh, It's part of Willamette University now, uh, though it was independent for most of its existence. Um it's it has a long tradition. My uncle went to PNCA and studied design, <laughs> but they have they offer both uh, four year degrees and a variety of master's programs, mm-hmm. and it's really a special place, I and guess. In all the arts, well, or in in uh, in design and in visual arts. Okay, but they even it, have so a creative writing degree. I creative yeah. writing, wow. yeah, that's right. Okay. Illustration, mm-hmm. uh, a lot mm-hmm. of theory based programs, and the master's degrees. No uh, performing arts per se, that I, mm-hmm. that I know of. But they do have uh, animation. And, oh. and uh, intermedia, where yeah, different intermedia. things are combined mm-hmm. together. Yeah. Nice. So 
would you tell us about one of the artists? I then? will. Please. Before I do, I just want to say one of the special yeah. things about working at PNCA and also one of the special things about working at Clatsop Community College is being exposed to art every day if mm. you're willing to take it in. Mm-hmm. And as you know, uh, art has the capacity to cause us to question the world and to challenge our preconceived notions. And that's so important, uh, especially when conversations can be so uh, this or the other mm-hmm. and our mm-hmm. politics are increasingly divisive. It's really good to have art available. And um, I think art could be conceivably a gateway to peace as well. So your teacher, you. Carol, Peace is Possible, says it all. And we need that. Yeah. Uh, But I'd like to talk about Dave Eckerd. He has two paintings in the show, and they're pretty cool. He is uh, one of the faculty members at PNCA. He's the associate professor and chair of sculpture. Um, And he's a guy that I worked with at PNCA, so I'm well acquainted. And as soon as I saw the paintings on the wall of the Royal Nebuchadnezzar Gallery, I Mm -hmm. instantly recognized them as Dave's work. And it's so... um, Evocative, at times subversive, always entertaining. I feel like he speaks in his own dialogue. He has his own kind of um, vocabulary. It's uh, kind of his own semiotic um, tools that are just really engaging. He also has he has wonderful performances, which I'm mm. I'm sad that there won't be a performance at this show. I doubt Dave will even be at the show, but what, his, his what work kind, is there. What is that? Oh, mean? they are just fascinating. And they're combination, you know, they're works that happen in real time, but they're, they often involve these built, these sculptural things that he has along with these very subversive and, um, and often bizarre um, performances that and and a oh. lot of them last for hours. So when you say performance, you don't mean musical. No. What what the people uh, in one interact them, with the art? He used to uh, quarterly, uh, every semester rather, he'd do one in in our commons area at the college, and one of them he he read the whole uh, New York. He read the New York Times oh, as much as he could in in like twelve hours. You know, he just. <laughs> Just read and read and read, and he was up on this contraption that made it look like he was going to, you know, fall. He was roped in or sort of tethered in. It, it looked very tenuous. But, I mean, yeah. he's, he's just a fascinating <laughs> artist. At times, the time-based performances uh, remind me a little bit of Andy Goldsworthy pieces and that they have, sometimes they have an entropy element kind of set off with a layering or building up of things but they're uh, often confrontational or bizarre or really make you question the world. And nice. he's just a fascinating nice. artist. I'd encourage people to see those paintings. Kristen, did you know any of the artists or have well, a, an affinity for something? <laughs> Real short. We well, I did want to mention Hannah Bakken-Morris because she's the okay. one who did the heavy lifting and coordinating yes. the whole show. Yes, please. And her, she is actually the assistant director for their gallery there, uh-huh. the Center for Contemporary Arts and Culture at PNCA. Mm-hmm. And her work is... She would describe interdisciplinary. I jotted down a statement of hers, her artist statement. She described, and the piece she has in is called The West Was Not One But Made. It's a photograph of a sign on a post in a landscape with the actual sign itself installed above the photo. And she describes her work as um, 
comment on land use in the United States and how the historical and contemporary narratives of the American West intersect with constructions of identity, economies, nationhood, and the environment. And say again, with all of that, <laughs> say again, that could be presented in one piece or she does all a her whole work? S- I think that describes her body, oh, of, body work, of work, but it okay. does actually describe the specific piece she has in this show as well. And what's the genre? It's photography and also kind of a mixed media piece. So she constructed this sign. She installed it on a post, took a photograph of it. And the actual sign is installed right above the photograph. Okay. She stole the sign for this show. I I think she made it. I think she might have made it. (laughs) I I, I believe you. Others might not, but I do. Well, it sounds terrific now. When is it? The reception is this coming Thursday, October 19th at 6 p.m., and it will, if you can't, please come to the reception, but if not, it will be on the walls through December 7th, through the end of the term. Oh, good. Okay. Is it up now? It's up now. We don't have the okay. tags up yet, okay. so you have to kind of, it's mysterious. So if you're visiting, <laughs> or you have visitors, and you want to bring them by because they're leaving, you can do that, too. Oh, where is by? Where is the Where is Royal the gallery? Never- it's easy to find. We're on campus. Just go straight up. 16th turn left on Lexington, all the way up to the top of Lexington, and you'll find the Art Center there. The gallery is Royal Nebuchadnezzar Gallery right inside the Art yeah. Center building. As far east as you can go on That's right. Lexington at that point. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Kristen Schock, who, again, the director of uh, the Royal Nebuchadnezzar Gallery at Classic Community College, and also, let me get it right this time, <laughs> uh, painting, drawing, design and art history. And now our history, yes. <laughs> Beautiful. And Dan McClure, the head librarian at the Clatsop Community College. Does the library have a name? Yes, it's the Dora Badalay Library, ah, named yes. after the famed Astoria educator Dora Badalay. And I just wanted to add one thing. Um, Roger said it so nicely, but it's true. Carol, you're such a gem, and <laughs> we appreciate you. Thank you. I, I, I've had too many tears recently. No more tears. Thank you. But I appreciate you guys. Thank okay. you so much, Carol. And um, I'm going to let them go because I have some scary stuff coming on behind them. Yeah, these are the healers here. Next ones. Oh, yes. You'll enjoy them, I'm sure. Uh, but I want to bring you a piece of music from a group called Bustan Abraham, it's called Ashra, the name of the album. And the piece is Kana'an, Avshalom Farjun, and Yehuda Siliki. These are Palestinian and Israeli artists.
That's what comes of being together, working together in peace, making beautiful music. Again, this is Bustan Abraham, B-U-S-T-A-N. They have many albums out. But this is the only one we have here at the station, and I'm very grateful for it. So I told you they're going to scare you. Well, I don't know if they'll scare you. They'll scare me. Um, I have two folks here from Riverbend Players, and uh, actually, Frank Squillo is the board president. Hi, Frank. (laughs) See, he's starting already. Happy Friday the 13th. Oh, oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, God. Actually, for me, Friday the 13th is a lucky day because my brother was born many, many years ago. on a Friday the 13th. Nice. Uh-huh. And I, I kind of like him, you know, he's a good guy. So, um, <laughs> and uh, Frank has nothing to do with this product. Is that true? How well, he, that's I'm, not true. Of so. course not. Yes. You can't keep your fingers. Well, my official title is executive consultant. On and, this show. Yeah, on this show. <laughs> and the re- Well, the reason is because Julie, who's here with me, Julie yes. Ward, uh, is a first-time director. This so we is exciting. We don't let yeah. them just go off full-heartedly oh, and on their own. Not. Mind so. you, mind you, so he mentioned Julie Ward. It's her debut as a director. However, she's done, it seems, everything else in theater, right? You've been on stage. <laughs> I've done a lot, yes. You've, you've been on stage. You do tech. Idea. And so what made you decide that you wanted to boss people? Ah. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Oh, oh. Because Frank, too, is an actor and a director. So yes. what made you decide to, to try it? I love to learn all the things. You know? There you go. I have a great mentor. Frank has been mentoring me um, for the past, in the past few shows that we've done. And oh, that's right. You were an assistant director, Correct. You? I've been assistant right. director, and I've produced a few shows at the... Um, Riverbend Players as well. Great, great. And this is just one step up from that. And, and have you been doing theater all your life? I oh, have no. To s- oh, really? <laughs> no. What no. happened? You moved here and they grabbed you? Oh, no. Oh. Um, so I actually have four children. And I was just going to say, and I have to tell folks, that Julie is a lot younger than everybody else who's been on the show. <laughs> But apparently she's been working. Busy. Four she's been kids. Busy. Busy. Yes. yes, I've been busy. Yeah. So when my four kids all went to school the same year back in 2021, mm-hmm. I didn't want to stay home by myself. And so I decided to do something I've never done before and put myself out there oh and my go audition for a play. Still Magnolias was her first oh, play. Oh, for yes. heaven's sake. Yep, so I got you... cast as Nell. <laughs> so you, yeah, and boy, you put it on fast forward and you're just moving right along. I caught the bug as they call it. Am I am I right? You're also Frank is the president and you're the vice president of Correct. the board yes. of Riverbend. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. The play will be presented. Are all Riverbend um, productions at the North County Recreation District Playhouse? Yeah, at the Pacific or the uh, Performing Arts Center. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. It's called yes. NCRD. I just like to test my brain by getting the words out. Uh, in the Halem, yes. wonderful space since they revitalized it several years back. They did a beautiful job. So now you're putting on Frankenstein, the radio play. And people may think I'm kidding, but actually that story 
scared me for years when I was a child. We had classic comic books when I was a kid, and I got a hold of it, much to my mother's (laughs) despair, because my brothers had it. And um, then I was scared to go up the stairs, because we lived upstairs in a two-family house, because... Frankenstein was going to reach in the window and grab me. <laughs> so how do I dare have you here in the studio tell us what are you doing at the NCRD? Sure thing. So we open next Friday. is our first night. We have a great cast. We've got 12, Ooh. 10 to 12 cast members wow. between vocal artists and Foley artists. Wait, vocal and what? Fully. The Foley artists are the ones that create the sounds while you're on stage using everyday items. Oh, 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 oh. So they were named after right. Foley from the 1940s, and it just kind of stuck. So if you if you perform live on stage and you're creating all the sound effects, you're a Foley artist. And you're actually seen oh, on yes. stage. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, because, as I mentioned, folks, this is Frankenstein colon the radio play. Mm-hmm. So... How many um, vocal, I see, I was thinking those are the singers, but no, those are the actors who vocalize. Yes. Okay. How many of those are there? Ish. Isn't there seven? I believe there's seven seven or eight. eight. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's a good size cast. It is. Yeah. And then in the radio play, you get to do, uh, a number of cast members get to do multiple voices. Mm -hmm. So you have to be, you may be the, the, the creature. Frankenstein's monster. <laughs> but then you almost you have to be um, like one of the ships. A crewman. Uh, what is it? He's a crewman. A crewman. Mm-hmm. And then you just change your voice. Aye, aye, Captain. What else can I do for you? Oh, <laughs> and the funny part is, of course, right now we're on radio. So it works. How does it work when you're sitting in the audience watching all these people? Wait, that guy just. And that, yeah. that That's the fascinating part of it, because <laughs> mm-hmm. it's just like it was in the golden age of radio in the 1940s. They would come in to see the live performances, so the audience ah. would be live, but everybody else, though, the millions of people that would be listening were all listening through their radio. Right. So, yes, you get to see them while you're sitting there, and that's half the fascinating part, because you're mm. watching them actually yeah. create the sound effects, pulling on chains, mm. pounding on something, breaking so, something. question... Um, Julie, mm-hmm. since you have worked, not, you've only been in this whole game for two years, but you've done all this stuff in props and stage items and mm-hmm. stuff, uh, was it you or is it the script or who tells the Foley artists? Foley? Mm-hmm. Foley. Foley. You say Foley, he says Foley. F-O-L-E-Y. Foley. F- okay. F-O-L-E-Y. Yes. I guess it depends where you come from. Right. <laughs> where, what your accent is. Um, who decides, uh, like they say it's supposed to be a ship at sea, mm-hmm. who decides what to use to make that sound? Sure thing. So under my direction, of course, but I've let... Uh, we have uh, Julie Stratton is my Foley coordinator. So she has a team of Foley artists, and they brainstorm together to create oh, sounds okay. from, you know, like the crushing of ice is actually using empty water bottles being crushed with your forearms on a table to make the crushing ice sound. Wow. Mm-hmm. This, yeah, I can see why it would be fascinating mm-hmm. to watch this. Uh, so so the, um, who, who made... Frankenstein, the radio play. Is Phil- there 
Philip Grecian wrote the screen. He, he wrote it mm -hmm. as such. So he did not tell you how to make these sounds. He just oh, said no. what sound he wanted. Mm -hmm. And then you, I like that. Oh, yeah, it's a complete creative freedom. It's yeah. great. So every production will have, could have quite different sounds mm -hmm. because they're being made in different ways. So where did um, you folks get your inspirations? Um, the person who, I'm, I, you mentioned the name of the Julie person. Stratton. No, no uh, is that it? Another mm -hmm. Julie? Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, no She's wonder. also my assistant director and executive producer. No for the wonder show. I'm confused. Yes. It's <laughs> Julie, Julie and Julie. But yes. You spell your name with two E's? I do. Yeah, good. That's different. And uh, <laughs> um, so people just come up with these ideas. Is that it for making the sounds? Mm hmm. Well, they can they watch other videos or mm -hmm. other productions just to see if you, especially if you get stuck with like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, how are we going to make that sound? Mm -hmm. You know, one, and then as I sit there and listen to some of the things that they did, because I have an extensive radio, 30 plus, almost 40 years of radio oh, background. Oh yeah, Frank. I have it written yeah. right here. Frank, <laughs> 40 years radio host. Now you ask folks, don't you, why isn't Frank on KMUN? Partly because he lives way the hell down. In the Hamlet, yes. Hale. If you ever need a fill-in, let me know. Okay. Um, so, you know, I'll hear things a little differently. Yeah. So we were, so there's a scene where the monster eats a big bag of pig meat. They'd gone to the butcher and, you know, the monster's in his sort of incubative stage and he's, you know, just eating like an animal. And so they toss it to him. And so it was like, okay, they first used something that sounded like just a brick or a block. Mm -hmm. I said, no, it needs to have some, uh, you need slime or. Yeah, lovely. Yeah, lovely. like Thank the you. bone chicken breast. Mm -hmm. That would be, would be perfect. You know, mm -hmm. they, so you hear that sort of splat. Folks, then, yeah, you're, then, you're gonna want to see this, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can say to Frank, "Yuck!" Right? Okay, we're just about out of time, so I want to make sure folks know where they get their tickets and when it's happening. It opens a week from today, so that's mm -hmm. the 20th of October. Yes, and runs till the 29th. Okay, so that's two weekends. Mm -hmm. Um, is it Friday and Saturday, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for both two weekends. weekends. Yes. Oh, both weekends. Yes. Both weekends. Okay. Okay. Where do they get their tickets? We don't give prices, but we do give location. You can locate our tickets at our website at riverbendplayers.org. Okay. Note that .org, folks. And um, Frank's going to be back for his next play, um, which is... The Chris a Christmas story. A Christmas. You'll shoot your eye Don't out. Don't shoot your yeah, eye there out. There you go. That's it. I know. That goes out to Trevor Goldberg. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for coming. And congratulations to Thank you, Thank you Julie. so much. And also because you were a virgin on KMUN. Yes. You are no longer. So you get a congratulations for that. <laughs> ah, there you go. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Frankenstein, the radio play, riverbendplayers.org happening next two weekends. Not this one, next two. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And folks, I have a treat for you for tonight or tomorrow. I have right here in my hand a complimentary ticket for the Water Music Festival. Tonight at 7 p.m., the actually social hour is at 6 
concerts at 7. It is Diego Fig- Figuere. Okay, Diego for, on guitar and Chuchita Valdez on piano, uh, Cuban and Brazilian music, hot Latin jazz, and Saturday at, at um, 3 p.m. social concerts at 4. Catch the social. Don't miss it. Alpin Hong, classical pianist. And this is the Water Music Festival annual event. It's a fabulous festival. It's happening at the uh, Chinook um, School in Events and Events Center uh, in Chinook, Washington, on the peninsula. If you want a ticket for um, either one of these, this is a ticket for two people. Either one or both of these shows, call us right now, 503-325-0010. And also, um, I'm out of time, but um, I'm going to bring on, yeah, stay tuned. This is KMUN Astoria, KTCB Tillamook, and streaming live at KMUN.org. In a half an hour at the Hoffman Gallery in Manzanita, our friend Cliff Taylor will be giving a reading. He was on the show last week. And Liberty has Rocky Horror Picture Show and um, the Chinook Nitsaiko is at the Columbia Pacific. Support for KMUN programming comes in part from the historic Liberty Theater in Astoria. From live shows to special events, It happens at the Liberty. For more information, visit libertyastoria.org.